comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what they call me, right, Abe? Uh, Aaron Newer? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hello, hi. Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also cover various movie topics, then dive into a mostly spoiler-free review before jumping back into the other topics. This is episode 160, 160. I mean, that's pretty close to 120. I mean, it's over the 150 mark. 120? I mean, 200. I can't even count. I don't even know what numbers you're at anymore. No. Good thing we saved 160 for this episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, this week, we are talking Guardians of the Galaxy, the new Marvel-based feature. Obviously, everyone knows and loves this comic book, so it's about time they made it into a movie. Am I right? I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what all the fans were clamoring for. Yeah. They're, they're, and they're like, just like, oh my gosh, can't wait for Guardians. I hope they cast Dave Bautista as Drax. I think that was, like, a, that was a hashtag that was really long for like the past <laughs> couple of years. Um, but yeah, we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy. Joining us tonight, we have, from the DLC podcast, along with a host of several great L.A. comedy shows, he is his own Kevin Bacon. It's Christian Spicer. Six degrees away from me at all times. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> and from Fast Film Reviews, I am Hoban? Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. So good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I like to hear. What? Just lots of goods. Um, I am Groot. Good. That's there, what I'm doing. There you go. All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's do a little. Get some show notes in here first before we before we get into things. You guys let's hold your it. horses, honestly. Holding, holding. Okay. They're space horses, by the way. Yeah. Uh, new commentary. It's coming out. It's coming out this week. Soon. Uh, ties right into next week's episode. And if you're an astute listener, you'll know what we're probably talking about. Um, but yeah, that's been recorded. That was a lot of fun, and we'll be having that up soon. Probably a couple days after this podcast drops. Um, what else? Um, iTunes review the ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. Helps Abe just feel better about himself. Helps me feel Thanks better in about advance. myself. <laughs> but yeah, log on to iTunes, give us a quick iTunes review or rating, and uh, you know, not not that hard, and helps helps us out. Gracias. Very welcome. And uh, yeah, I think that's really it on the show. As far as we should probably do, it. we should do a contest soon, Abe. Right? I, we haven't done one like I think three months, maybe. We it's a been a while. Should, it's been a while. We should do a contest. Um, I'll think one up. You do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give the person the prize, too. Okay. Hey, hey, listeners, there's a contest coming. Okay. Got that out of the way. <laughs> um, no, we always have, lo- we have lots of prizes. Just, I, I, I can see literally all the prizes on my desk because I have so many, like, just random odds and ends from Blu-ray stuff and from Schlag from Comic-Con. I have so many things I can just give away to people. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do a contest soon. I'll, I'll do something nice, yeah. Some, yeah, some, some pretty sweet. Um, Not candy though, I think. I, I no, know. it might be candy. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it extra tight to make sure it doesn't okay. seem like it's something weird to send in the mail. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, maybe wrap candy. in the shape of like dynamite. That, okay, um, that'd be bad. 
No, it wouldn't be good, that's for sure. Pretty sure it's a federal crime. This this uh <laughs> this contest riff is great. Let's move on. Let's uh let's get to know everybody. Each week we ask each other well, Abe and I ask everybody else a couple of questions to try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to know no, everybody. Know everybody. Pretty, pretty spot on. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And that bonus. Especially when you pause for like five seconds. It's really yeah. key. It's really, <laughs> not using video and not being in the same room together, it really helps. He um, actually poked me in the shoulder. I was just like, no, everybody. Uh, yeah, a virtual poke. <laughs> it's an app. Facebook poke. Anyway, we are going to do this. I'm going to start this one off. All right. This one's for everybody. What would be a couple songs on your guys' awesome mix? Hmm. If you had like an awesome mix that you had on you like at all times, what would be a few songs on there? For me, Funky Town. No question. It'd be uh, Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. And, uh... Apes Not Lying, got it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, why not throw in some, I don't know, New Radicals. All these nights. I want to let that pause sit for a second, because you're the one that said the New Radicals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's something else that's, you know... I do like that one the... song they have. They thought that they were going to be the bomb. But he's not going to put the old radicals on there like <laughs> some idiot. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Yeah, jeez, jeez Aaron. <laughs> Man. I'd have some pop punk on mine, probably some Phoenix TX. Um, and then I'd also have some of just like real garbage on it. You know, like right now. It oh, like garbage turned... special from garbage? Yes, yeah, some real garbage. <laughs> and then some fake garbage, like turned down for what or something like that. <laughs> You there's know, a scene. Real... There's a scene in Guardians where like it seems like turned down for what would be like someone would like play that music at some point. Yeah, it would have been perfect, right? Yeah. And then some some Michael, some uh, you can probably pick any any Michael Jackson song that's not like the slow ballads. Yeah. Um, I had so... a I have a follow up question actually now that we're talking because I yeah. I was asked this yesterday. What is your favorite Michael Jackson song? Like, what do you think is the best Michael Jackson song? Billy Jean. Yeah, Billy Jean for me. Man, all of them? I don't know. This was tough. Like, I feel like I could get the Beatles song quicker than I can get a Michael song for some reason. Yeah, none of them. Who cares about the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Smooth Criminal holds a special place in my heart because the lean, the video, it was awesome. Like, Thriller, the video is better, but I don't like listening to Thriller all the time. Um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough gets me going. Like, that's... And you have to discount all the Jackson Five songs too. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to choose from. Yeah. See, this kind of ties into Guardians. I'm good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's five stuff, yeah. <laughs> Listeners are like, what? People come to them and like, what are they talk now? Are, oh, you'll see. Are ABC and I Want You Back like the same song? Mm, they're no. different. They're, they're different. They're really pretty close though, aren't they? They have like all but the same beat. But what's the name of the of the first song? ABC. What's the name of the second song? I Want You Back. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> you, got, you got me there. I Want You Back. <laughs> okay. All right. Arnold Drake and Gene Cullen wrote Guardians of the Galaxy way back when. What is one throwaway name that they get, had for previously had for Rocket Raccoon? Is it like a trivia question? Or? No, no, no. There's like, what's like a what's the name that you think that they threw away? It's like, like instead of Rocket Raccoon, yeah, like another... some alliteration or you know. Oh. Okay. But he was still a raccoon. Or... No, he wasn't a raccoon. Just he, like some kind of crazy animal. Oh. Okay. Um, I don't know. Polly Porcupine. Polly? That would actually be a really cool character. It's a love interest in Guardians 2. Still guarding. I could have said still guarding, but I said still guardying, which made more sense to me. That's the right conjugation of the verb, I'm pretty sure. Maybe squirrely squirrel? Squirrely squirrel. <laughs> He's even smaller. 
Yeah, I just I would hope it was like Mike the Moose, and it was just this big <laughs> freaking moose with a rocket launcher. That's it. <laughs> is he Canadian? Like, <laughs> obviously, it, like so. If a rocket was it like be attached to his back or like in like his antlers? Antler mounted for sure. Are those oh. called antlers for moose? Yeah. That's something else like mooselers or something. I wish it was that now. Mooselers. Someone's gonna. Some fan's gonna draw that. Yeah, yeah I'd love that. I'd love to see <laughs> listeners of the show draw. <laughs> draw send, send it at yeah. Spicer S P I C E R, and it will become my profile picture for at least a week. There you go. All right. Let's. <laughs> I want this to happen so bad now. <laughs> that should be our contest. Draw these ridiculous Guardians <laughs> characters that we just came up with. And our guests will put them on their avatars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's. That. That was. That was. Uh, that's how you play. Oh, no, everybody. Let's, I had uh, a take. It, it was good. Let's move <laughs> on. Let's get that out of quickies. Tim. Each weekend out now we go over one main movie of the week, but we also have other movies that we talk about during the week. Quickies. Tim. Okay. <clears throat> Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? Yes, I finally watched About Time, the time travel movie that you and I have been missing out on. And, I love this uh, is like a saga that we've had at our show <laughs> of not watching About Time. <laughs> now we can finally wrap up this arc. And the method in which they time travel is given away in the trailer, so nothing special there. But in, on top of a love story, there's actually a deeper story about a father and son, and I found that very, uh, you know, kind of sad and also at the same time rewarding because it's this beautiful life that they have together and... Mm. Um, he makes a decision at the end that I think uh, was selfless, uh, but it was kind of a bummer because uh, they had a really nice relationship. So I do recommend it. I mean, it, it's been out for like six months now or something. Christian Spicer, have you seen any other movies this week? Oh, do you mean am I one of the millions of Americans that flocked back to Netflix on August 1st when D2, The Mighty Ducks, was added back to the streaming <laughs> service? One thing, I need to add this immediately to my Netflix queue because that's clearly the best one. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, it was background, let's be honest. I, <laughs> I <laughs> sit down to watch it, but I I really I really hovered the Netflix arrow over that in the original Mad Max, because those Ooh. are both, among other good movies, <laughs> good, uh, added back to Netflix. But I decided Mad Max I'd end up watching, whereas D2, I was just like, this is on, and I was able to do other stuff. Just the first two are currently on streaming. I'm, I just added both of them to my queue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> D3 does not need to be seen because it's terrible, and it's also, I don't need to watch that again. So is Good Burger. Oh, my God. Good Burger has been on there for a while. Well, get that Keenan train going. That's what I say. <laughs> there were a lot. If you don't, uh, if you guys are listeners, I mean, every month take a peek at the new things added because Netflix doesn't do a great job of surfacing stuff, I feel like. Now when you turn it on, it's kind of, well, they do a great job of surfacing like the five things they want to shove down your throat. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of good stuff. All the Rockies are back. Uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Today! Again. I like uh, saying that title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's good There's good stuff. There is good something to look forward to, you guys. The sixth, Justin Bieber's Believe. <laughs> oh, man. Got to get on that. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Will do. Mark Hoban, any other movies this week? I saw um, A Most Wanted Man, which is uh, the last starring role for Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it was based on a John Le Carre novel. Le Carre and, of uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. And right. And Spy the, came in from the cold. And little Drummer Girl. and Constant Gardner. Constant Gardner. Yeah, all of those. And, uh, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was very well written. And, of course, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman gave his characteristically really good performance. Um, it... 
I've, I've always had kind of a, a – I always find John Le Carre adaptations very cold and kind of difficult and ponderous. But um, and, and this was another one of those kinds of films. But it, it definitely has something uh, worth recommending. And, and if you do like uh, his – adaptations then i would then highly recommend it to you because it's definitely fits within those other uh productions very cool um i actually am looking forward to this movie quite a bit i know it's from director anton corbin who's done uh he did the american with george clooney and did this movie control before that about a uh, uh, joy division and i believe that that has a i don't believe i know it has a toby kebbell a person an actor that hey, yeah. and I are big fans of. yeah <laughs> coba <laughs> Yeah, that's a movie that I've been uh, wanting to check out because I, I do like that director. And yeah, if, if there's a, if there's ever a director that could turn a John Le Carre novel into once again another very deliberately paced drama, it'd be Anton Corbett who makes very very deliberately paced and slow movies. But Daniel Brühl is in it uh, of Rush fame. Ooh. He has a very he has a very small part, and it's actually kind of it doesn't really allow him to do much. But I did like seeing him again because I was such a big fan of Rush. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might even check that out today just because it's so. It's not much else to do because it's too hot outside. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I saw uh, Get On Up. This is the uh, the James Brown biopic, and uh, I kind of love this movie. I think it uh, is kind of love. I I really love this movie. I mean, it's, there you go. It's, yeah. it's it's. I think it's really well done. I think for a a musician biopic, I think there's only so many kind of ways to handle it, and I've seen a lot of those ways, and they don't always lend themselves to the best movie, even if the performances by the leads are you know pretty great or spot on. Um, like for example, Ray or Walk the Line, it easily come to mind, and I like I like those movies, but they're not movies that I like go back to or think of as like just defining movies of their time or whatnot. But I do think like Fox and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, even Reese Witherspoon, I think they're all like very good in those movies. With that said, Get on Up, Chadwick Boseman for Forty Two last year, which we which I we all we all we liked Forty Two. I think I yeah. liked it probably maybe the most of you guys, but um of you and um. The guests we had on that podcast, but I, I, I some more from it. I, I certainly think we all believe that uh, Chadwick Boseman was very good in that movie. Yes. This is like an exact opposite performance of that, where his, his Jackie Robinson was like a very restrained performance, just given what he was required mm-hmm. of him. This one's just a very—it's—he's inhabiting James Brown, who is you know <laughs> one of the biggest characters of all time, and he does that tremendously. He he captures this like the voice of him so in, in terms of speaking. I believe he's. I believe he's just using James Brown's actual voice for the songs and whatnot. But the way he, the way he inhabits the James Brown persona is pretty impressive. And the movie itself, it could have just been like a great Bozeman performance on top of a biopic. But I think there's enough going on in this that the way they handle this between like the kind of has like a fractured narrative structure and a uh, a way of uh, breaking the fourth wall to kind of address the audience <laughs> that the fourth wall that I, uh, I yeah takes to camp just I like, like Jer- just like Jersey Boys except you know not terrible. <laughs> And uh, it just worked really well for the movie, and I was very big on it afterwards. I thought it did a really, really good job of making a, a fun biopic. Aaron, that just became the pull quote: "Just like Jersey Boys, except not terrible." And yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll stick by that. I'll write, I'll write on that one. <laughs> hey, Aaron, uh, if you were going to rank uh, "Get On Up," "Walk the Line," and "Ray," how would you, how would you put those three? Um, Best to worst. I mean, it'd be "Get On Up." in the you know the first spot and then they just both be kind of a tie i mean they're both very similar movies to me ray and walk the line i put walk hard the dewey cox story above both of those though <laughs> um just because i think that movie does it. did john c Riley a friend of the show yet 
Sure, why not? Okay. I think, but I think Walk Hard does a tremendous job of sending up those kind of movies as well as being its own entry into the genre despite being a fictional character because I think it's hilarious but very clever. But Get On Up is your favorite of, of the three? Of those three, yeah, easily. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I love, I, love Ray. I, I'd watch Get On Up again before I before I watched Ray or Walk the Line again. Not that those are bad movies necessarily. Just I enjoyed it more. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on now. Let's get to... Uh, how's that at Quickies? Yeah, Let's move on to... Uh, close out the segment. Yeah, you don't want segments running wild. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to our trailer talk, where we talk about a new movie trailer and what we thought of them, what's coming out, what's have you. And we have Mad Max colon Fury Road. This is the, a, a new sequel. Not a remake, not a reboot. A sequel to <laughs> the previous Mad Max films 30 years later. Uh, we've ditched Mel Gibson. Now we have Tom Hardy in the lead role. And if I, based on what I've seen, and if I really had to guess, I have a feeling that Mad Max has gotten on the bad side of some people, and he probably teams up with some other people and drives like hell to escape the bad people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think I've nailed the tone and description of the plot of Mad Max: Colon Fury Road. So By the it. way, we haven't had any fines from the Colon Police in like a month. Yeah, the so. Colon Police have really been off our backs lately. Whew, thanks. And, and our backsides. That's a Colon joke. With that said. Uh, Mark Hoban, what did you think of the trailer for Mad Max Cold Period? Uh, I thought the trailer was interesting. I have to admit that George Miller, I was thinking, what has he done in the last decade and a half? And I looked, and he's done Happy Feet 2, Happy Feet, and Babe, Pick in the City. So it's interesting that he's decided after all of these years to come back to this uh, property. And I do think that the trailer does look interesting and it it's exciting um so it, it was kind of the 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 movie that i didn't wasn't really asking for but now that i've seen the trailer i'm i'm mildly curious so you know that's kind of how i reacted to it christian it, it's tough because i feel like we're all experienced trailer watchers you know i have the same problem with this that you know you guys I'm sure I've all seen it, but like the, the leaked Deadpool footage, you know, Aaron, you and I have yeah. talked about it off mic some, and it's like, oh, it's, oh, make that movie. That's so great. And it's like, well, that's a trailer, essentially, right? And where Mad Max, either I think this movie will succeed or fail, is in everything that happens that isn't that two minutes, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah. a Mad Max better have some awesome chases, some weird looking characters, and some wrecks. And the trailer is like, okay, it covers the bare minimum. But now I need to know, is this the second half of Thunderdome or is this the original Mad Max? Like what what's the tone of this film? And the trailer doesn't address that in terms of the trailer. I think it's effective in terms of does it make me want to go out and see this movie day one? No, not yet. Abe? I thought it was an interesting trailer as well. I think that one of the things um, that it provoked me to do the most was just revisit the original series and figure out um, kind of like what Christian said, what the tone would be um, or I guess where we left where we we once left Max off. Um, but for the most part, I, I'm not a huge fan of Mad Max. I, I That might be weird for other people to listen to. But uh, I definitely just probably have to put myself in the, the theater seat and go and check out all the old ones, and then we'll see about this one. But, yeah, I'm not ultra excited, probably because of my past experience with it. Yeah, I've made it no secret on the previous podcast for um, Comic-Con that I I love this footage so much. Um, I was, I'm was i at a bit of an advantage because I've seen more of this movie than, than the trailer shows. Um, 
But with that in mind, The Road Warrior, the second Mad Max movie, is what I consider one of the best action movies ever made. So seeing George Miller return to this world excites me, and it helps that this just it just it looks pretty fantastic in my eyes. I mean, it it's taking from what it seems like it's taking what makes Road Warrior work, which is and most of these all these Mad Max movies work really, which is simplicity uh, by having a, just a very stripped down and bare plotline and using today's technology to really amp that up even further. Uh, from what I am aware of, there's the only CG used is more is more or less to enhance the the world and not the stunt aspect of it, which is just almost completely practical with all the cars and everything, which is what I want to see in a Mad Max movie. And that's that, that's what I'm getting communicated to me. I, I I don't feel like there's much more gonna that's gonna be going on beyond like establishing who these people are before we just get a giant chase movie, which is what George Miller does with these Mad Max films. I I, I really like the Mad Max trilogy, but yeah, Road Warrior stands out high to me, and I really want this movie to kind of live up to that in some way. Which if if George Miller has been working on you know this kind of new Mad Max movie for some time. I'd like to think that he, at least, he, he, him being back and not having, like, someone else, like, rebooting the franchise or whatnot, just, it, it keeps me hoping that'll be something really worthwhile. So, that's around with Mad Max, Colin Fury Road. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. Uh, it opens uh, next May, May 15th, 2015. Um, so, yeah. 5515, five, one, five. Whoa. Ex- exactly, exactly that. <laughs> it's not, no, it's, it's, Five one five one five. Oh wait, yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Sorry, fans. Not it's on the like numbers today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to our uh, our main film review for Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so here we are. A thief, two thugs, an assassin. And a maniac. But we're not going to stand by as evil wipes out the galaxy. I guess we're stuck together. Partners. Are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of these criminals? Oh, yeah. That should have been some of the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the 10th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it takes itself out of Earth and into deep space territory as we follow Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt, and a group of losers, including an assassin, Zoe Saldana, a maniac seeking vengeance, played by Dave Bautista, and a talking raccoon and walking tree creature, voiced by Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel, as they do what they can to stop a powerful foe looking to crush planets, Spaceships and one-liners quickly soar by in this colorful comic book adaptation. Christian Spicer, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy? It's so good, man. It's so good. I, I don't know. I mean, go see it. I don't. You right? Like, I, I feel like I'm just gushing and falling over words. But I found it humorous, entertaining, exciting, beautiful. And and when it needed to be, having genuine moments and and real emotion and it's space opera done right but don't let i don't want like any word i try to put on it i don't want it to scare people away like oh i don't like star trek or star wars or you know i don't like opera (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think it's it to me it's it's very very close well one it's a great movie i really like it but it's also 
people talk about how the 80s movie magic is lost and you know movies don't really have that anymore of like goonies or ghostbusters and you know that mix of like serious action drama comedy and i i think we'll look back at guardians as maybe being the beginning of a shift back to that or maybe just a rare standout that somehow recaptured you know essence of like a goonies or back to the future where it's fun and engaging but just I don't know. I just kind of got that gee whiz feeling from it. Mark? Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to gush right along with Christian on this one. Um, what I like about superhero movies is that they're inherently ridiculous. And I think the ones that work the best for me are ones that recognize that and then kind of wink right along with the audience. Like, I like the original Thor a lot um, because I think it is funny. And I like and I like the original Superman because I always felt like Christian Reeves' performance in that was kind of with, you know, uh, he kind of understood the humor of the whole thing. And with that said, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, gets that. And it's it's funny, but it's also action-packed, and it's just, you know, like Christian said, it's just a good time at the movies. And, you know, at heart, the film is just about a group of misfits. And what I like is that these misfits are have no reason to be brought together and be friends because they're so different and so bizarre. And yet you get this camaraderie from this group that is so winning and so enjoyable. And you find yourself like wishing, gosh, I, was, I wish I was a part of that group because they're just so much fun and enjoyable. And, and that's how I felt about this film. And I, I walked out of the theater feeling like, you know, I did when I first saw Ghostbusters or, or, or Back to the Future or these, these fun summer movies that entertain, they're smart, but action-packed. It was a good time all around. Basically, you're just going to heap on some more praise there. It certainly is one of the better films of the year. And uh, in terms of just being a, a Marvel film, it's very good. Uh, so I'm glad that our, our qualms have been, you know, quelled. Uh, that's two keywords, so I think that's like triple triple. Which prize. qualms have been quelled? What? Quelled? <laughs> uh, quelled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's it's actually just a really good sci-fi movie too. And I was that's asking a I... question. Was... Oh, which qualms? Of... Well, it's just more of like, oh well, you know, people don't really know what this property is. But at the same time, I think you and I both said, you know, I trust what Marvel's doing. I'm pretty sure that they have a pretty good handle on this. So that was uh, basically a pretty good payoff on on our parts. If we were betting men, Aaron, we would probably have won like a million dollars. But we don't. That's how bets work. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. But for the most part, it's actually just a really fun movie overall. And I do agree with Christian that there are some genuine human emotion parts where it caught me off guard there. And I was thinking, wow, this is how you really mix in the humor with the, uh, I guess, uh, the, the nice story that goes along with it. Um, the other things I loved about it, it's, it's incredibly sarcastic and it's incredibly sardonic, too. And yes, those mean different things, listeners. You should look it up. Um, Talk down to our listeners. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. uh, just give them a you know vocabulary lesson. But yeah, it's great. I also love that Bradley Cooper, for the most part, it kind of sounded like he was actually trying to do something different with Rocket Raccoon's voice um, rather than just be Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. So uh, I appreciate that as well. Yeah, easily. Yeah, he was definitely going for a a character as opposed to just, you know, hey, look at me, I'm Bradley Cooper, I'm doing my voice. Like, he's, he's definitely trying for something, which I appreciate quite a bit. I want to go into your thoughts on the kind of emotion aspect, because I do think that's very true. I think this movie, as much as it is fun, it is very much about, you know, grieving and letting things go and moving on, which I found to be quite interesting. I thought it made the characters way more, 
interesting and believable because of that, given that we you know we're dealing with a movie that has mainly one human character. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it has a lot going on that makes it all worthwhile and more than just like fun comic book joy, um, which it is. I, I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. I think it does a great job of of both distancing itself from other Marvel films while also still feeling a part of the the cinematic universe that they've created. Um, I think James Gunn has really given himself quite the challenge of taking on a film with this kind of scope, given that he's mainly relied on kind of genre, smaller genre fare up until this point, and he's nailed it. Like he's he's made a film that can believably be compared to things like Star Wars because it has that kind of energy and that fun factor and the kind of world building and character handling that makes those movies kind of sit so high up in the the realm of praise for these you know type of blockbuster adventures and guardians of the galaxy is just a great example of that when it you know works really well i think this cast is really strong i think the script is very smart and funny and it has some beautiful visuals i mean this is a not like Marvel's ever been like lacking in the kind of visual effects department, but this movie is beautiful to look at. There's some great shots in this movie that really give you a sense of the world that you're in. And I know Mark, you're a big fan of like the costume design and whatnot. And I think that's all very much there, along with the you know the sets and the various things that make it very colorful and, and poppy adventure. And yeah, I think I also think that it takes its time too to like pause and and reflect on the world that they've created like you actually see the people in the background when they're having these fights and the people are scared and and you they're all dressed like with such detail i mean i couldn't believe like how much depth was to this world i mean in a way and often with things like transformers and stuff the special effects that are right in your face are very good but there's a lot of explosions and stuff in the background that you're just kind of like ah that's just background white noise i don't feel like there's any white noise in this film i think it's all if you watch the film again and, and look at some of the details that are happening in the background there are people that are dressed in costumes that you will never see anyone else wear they're they're it's incredible it's i mean i it's the kind of thing that makes me appreciate a movie like Hellboy 2, where I know Guillermo del Toro spends a ton of time just, like, having so much going on that, like, is not necessary. Like, you don't need that stuff in the background to make it a better movie, or a, a movie that gives you a better sense of what the main action is, but it's there because why not? Because let's let's make this, let's build this world out, and I think Guardians does that as well. I think I agree with you, Mark. Right. One of the best Marvel soundtracks, easily. Uh, by the way, in this movie, with, the, with, with its use of pop songs, I think it's rather brilliant, which also leads to it having like one of the best, or the best opening sequence of any of these Marvel movies, I think, with that whole title card display. Yeah, that was actually really fun, and I think that's kind of a, it, it does a good job of setting the tone right up front, which is, we're just, we're, we're a fun movie. By the way, I will never see Andy Dwyer the same way again, because, dude, Chris Pratt is really ripped. I was like, yeah. It's like, I, I should probably go to the gym right now. What's amazing yeah. is the scene where you see where how ripped he is is like it's yeah. also like one of the most colorful scenes in the movie, <laughs> like with the <laughs> with the three D and the like the red liquid that's like being shot onto him. It's like this, <laughs> this will look great on Blu-ray. That's what, that's, what, that's what I was thinking when I saw that. I also thought about the color palette too because um, there's actually a really cool scene where there's an explosion and Gamora's sister her face turns from blue to red. I was like, oh, this is this is really cool. Like they put some some thought into these scenes. It's like. Good on you. One of the things, too, about you mentioned about the soundtrack is it has a real reason for being in the film. It it actually has this emotional connection that he has with his mom, who, you know, grew up in the 70s. So you have all of these, like, 
it's not just silly soft pop rock hits from that era, but there's like meaning behind it. And it's really kind of, you know, emotionally engaging while it's also being funny. So it's, it's, it does both of those things really well. I think it added a great layer of a human touch and it made it relatable in a movie that is fantastic. And the characters, you know, like you're saying, Chris Pratt is the only human in the Guardians. And a lot of the other even humanoid characters, you know, main characters or, or featured characters in the movie aren't actual humans. You know, they're purple or green mm-hmm. or whatever. And now you have a soundtrack where love it or hate it. It's songs that everyone's heard and you identify with being earthly or whatever. Um, and I think it helps ground and help keep people connected to an otherwise weird world in a, in a very smart way. Completely agree. Um, it it just it, it it goes into why this the script is I think one of the best Marvel scripts that they've churned out. Like it, I don't know how long in development this was compared to the other ones, but it seems like there was a lot of time focused on making this work just right. And I don't know if that comes from because this is such an obscure property, we're better do like the best job we can, which I'm sure is part of it for you know any of these mm-hmm. movies. But it certainly shows, it certainly reflects, and it 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 just it feels like it just hits every beat the way it should, just the way it's carefully structured out and. It, like this is another it's it, what it's like maybe two hours and change maybe but it just it feels like it flies by there's so much going on in terms of the story but you never really feel lost like i think i mean my only like my gripe with the movie is mainly that it early on it just it has to deliver all this exposition to you because that's just how a movie like this needs to work and i don't think it's as elegant as it could have been but you know you're going to like different planets and you're like getting a lot of information but once it kind of once the the you know the the course is kind of set, you're really on this ride that just keeps going and doesn't let up in terms of the entertainment value. What do you guys think of the uh, the villain Lee Pace in the in the film? I, I I give a lot of props to Lee Pace for getting into that costume every day. That's for sure. <laughs> that's, like I, I like Lee Pace quite a bit as an actor, and it's like wow, he really went for it in this role. He's like wearing all kinds of stuff like on his face and all the costume stuff, and he has this giant hammer. Like, good for him for going for it. <laughs> I think he was visually interesting. I think the other five characters that we follow are much more interesting, and they have a lot more to do. So Lee Pace, to me, is sort of like the stock villain. I don't know if he... I mean, and this has nothing to do with him. It's more just the way the part was written. But I, I don't know if there was anything really innovative or, or different. In the same way that, like, that, uh, Drax the Destroyer has this whole backstory about wanting to avenge the death of his family and and you kind of feel like emotion for him in a way that I didn't even think you know uh, uh, Dave Batista plays the part I had uh, didn't even think that he was you know I thought he was just gonna be like a just a big thing like creature that or you know just kind of like gro- growl and stuff but he had like such humanity to him and all of the five characters have that and Lee Pace doesn't really, I mean, he's the villain, so I guess maybe they, they didn't really develop him in the same way. It's a constant Marvel problem, I think, where the villain's not that, with the exception of Loki, who's obviously become something of a thing he's, himself. He, like, right. he's practically about to get his own movie, it seems, at this point. But I think the, <laughs> Marvel's biggest problem has always been the villains aren't exactly the most interesting aspects of the movie, such as, like, what, Jeff Bridges? There, um, uh, you the, forgot about the Ice problem. Yeah, you forgot about the Isaac problem, or either Mickey, Rourke, basically Iron Man movies, the Mickey Rourke, <laughs> or, um, Guy Pierce, because um, Loki's been in the majority of these other movies. But. I don't know if I'd call that. I mean, I, I agree with the point, but I don't know if it's a problem per se. Like, I don't think the movies suffer 
And I think over the course of the comics, you know, we get to know these characters in a way that allows them to evolve. Or you even have, you know, Sinister Six focused books or, you know, Thunderbolts or things like that that bring villains into the spotlight. But the characters we do get to know are so great and you're rooting for them that as long as there's a big bad thing that they're going to fight that's going to cause the end of the world, I kind of think that's all I need. Like this isn't you know, an art house picture where there is no good guy and everybody's playing in the gray. And at the end of it, you will realize that, oh, no, actually, it was this, right? Like, I think it's compelling. I think he he's he plays the character with conviction and a scariness behind his, you know, contact color corrected eyes uh, <laughs> that, that makes him compelling. And I don't know if I'd want to spend 20 more minutes getting to know him and why he's a jerk and i mean they, they tell you quickly why it is and he's kind of a separatist or whatever right and then you're off and running i don't want to understand his psyche per se and have him be a sympathetic character in a way that's um i think it would slow the movie down and i think in this movie as well i think michael rooker does such a good job of you know being an interesting um, um, an interesting character that adds element of fun and excitement in a way again without uh, bogging down his backstory like why does he have these this band of people you know what is his motivation they, they give you I think it's really smart where these movies they give you just enough to be on board and then go play and I, I kind of like that approach I could agree to a point because I do think individually these movies work because they're just what they are like Guardians obviously we all agree that it works because it's just a, a very fun and entertaining movie with a lot of other things that we're mentioning obviously but I mean a, a movie even like Thor I mean Loki, I think, is a complex character. I think they do give enough time to make that thing work with, with the way. I mean, that movie works as a kind of Shakespearean drama to an extent, which is why I think that having kind of, having kind of both both sides of the hero is and that, the villain is that Loki Thor one or Loki post Thor two after seeing him in Avengers? Because I would argue that Loki Thor one is just <laughs> I want it, and he's not really that fleshed out. <laughs> I think there's I think there's more to it in that Thor one, but I, I I do think the relationship is deepened in Avengers and Thor two. I would agree with that. But I mean, even in other comic book movies, I think there's a lot that, that beyond Marvel. I think there's a lot more villainous villains that are like something like the Joker, obviously, or even even Bane. Like you don't get a ton of Bane stuff, but at least you I feel like he's a an iconic character at this point because of the way he was handled, regardless of how much depth he was given as a character. I don't think Ronan is going to become an iconic character, regardless of how much we were getting about him. I I didn't need to know the backstory and and all of his psyche either. Uh, I I wasn't saying that. But what I do feel is, let's compare this to Star Wars, because it's a very obvious blueprint to this film. Darth Vader is an incredible villain, and always will be. And this Ronin Destroyer is not even fit to tie his bootstraps. I mean, they're not the same thing. So... That's all I meant. And it doesn't matter that his character is not that fleshed out because the five are so good that I'm I'm fine with spending time with those five. But the villain was kind of just like, oh, here's a villain. And, and I, I don't think the movie suffers for it. But it's almost like I wouldn't have even I wouldn't have even brought him up. Like, it's just such a like a, a, a non-entity in a way that these other five characters are so engaging. I could say something. I'm going to say some things that might get people mad at me. Do I it. Think what makes Darth Vader so timeless is the character design and coming at a point where we hadn't had in somatic universes iconic characters like that i mean there are other examples sure of you know flash gordon or whatever but like being very recognizable and the music and and 
setting the tone for every time this character entered the scene. But in A New Hope, I also think, I think the way we think of Darth Vader, <laughs> I use this analogy from time to time, is the same way we think about Saturday Night Live sketches, where we're like, oh man, Gap Girls are so funny. But you're not remembering a specific Gap Girls sketch. You're remembering this greatest hits that you've created in your head of all the funny moments. And then if you watch one again, you're like, oh, that was actually a little long and boring. Where I think what we remember of Darth Vader isn't Darth Vader as presented in A New Hope. Don't get me wrong, he's a badass in that. But we're remembering Empire, that he's the father, that he's this, the stuff that we read as comics when we were a little kid. And I, I think that if you just look at just A New Hope, Vader, I don't know, I don't think he's that fleshed out or cool of a character. What that movie does really well, though, is every time he enters, he has his theme song and, and things like that, that Guardians doesn't set the stage as well for showcasing their villain. I think that they focus the music and the lighting and everything on their heroes instead of setting the stage for their villain. But I don't think Darth in A New Hope is that interesting of a character, per se. We know that he's big, bad, and scary, and that's kind of it. I have no response that won't take like 20 minutes more of like an argument between us. <laughs> so I'm like, let's so move on. Now. <laughs> it's like, how do I? I, I was, I was thinking, oh, I there is a Gap Girl sketch that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, but anyway. I want to talk more about Drax because I think... lay off, man. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk more about because I, I, I like the Drax thought you brought up um, earlier, uh, mainly because I think Drax is like secretly stealing this entire movie. Like as much as I know, Rocket and Groot are probably going to take away like so much like audience respect uh, just because they 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 have such great like moments in the movie. I think Drax has like the I think Dave Bautista does a tremendous job of like of like having absolutely no sense of humor, making him maybe the funniest character in this movie. Which I would agree with that. <laughs> And, I think, and Mabe, remember, we we were praising Batista for Riddick. Like he was like great yeah, Riddick. He was, he was, like, Riddick, he was one of the highlights like of that movie. Riddick. And like now he's coming Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's terrific. Here. Yeah, in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's almost as though he's delivering his lines. Like you know, he's reading them, yes, but he's also giving a lot of weight to them, and it really makes you believe that he's a he's this uh, intense idiot, I suppose. But he's got great lines, and he did a great job. Uh, one of the best lines is. Uh, Nothing gets over my head. My reflexes are too fast. It's, it's his... <laughs> or the or the part where um, uh, Chris Pratt goes back to get his tape and he goes, "You're an idiot." <laughs> like, just the way he delivered that line. I mean, it's just a throwaway line, but it, it was great. Yeah. Again, the script writing is fantastic. I mean, he has another line which is like, "That's a metaphor." And like, kind of. <laughs> it's a great callback. It is. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean this whole like uh, yeah and yeah Groot and Rocket amazing. I mean the Rocket so and Rocket like, it's not it's yeah. not enough that Rocket's like so much fun to like listen to and interact with Groot given that Groot only says three things in one order. I mean it's <laughs> it, it's it's, it's oh, a ton of fun to hear him just like Mark you talk about like kind of inherent ridiculousness and Rocket Raccoon's like the epitome of that idea and right. yet it works so well because he's not only hilarious but he has a level of pathos that the movie decides to give him like he gets yes. drunk and just starts burying his soul at one point and it's like wow I really care about this raccoon character now like even and more so than just like a visual thing like it's just great we have to stop Ronin how I have a plan you've got a plan yes First of all, you're copying me from when I said I had a plan. No, I'm not. People say that all the time. It's not that unique of a thing to say. Secondly, I don't even believe you have a plan. I have 
part of a plan. What percentage of a plan do you have? You don't get to ask questions after the nonsense you pulled on nowhere. I just saved Quill. We've already established that you destroying the ship that I'm on is not saving me. When did we establish? Like three seconds ago! No, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Oh. She's right. You don't get an opinion. What percentage? I don't know. Twelve percent. Twelve percent? That's a fake laugh. It's real! Totally fake. That is the most real authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life because that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what is better than 11%? What the hell does that have to do with anything? Thank you, Groot. Thank you. See? Groot's the only one of you who has a clue. I won't spoil the joke, but there's a part where a rocket raccoon lists three things that they need and that for the, to, to carry out this plan. And that has really funny consequences. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, this raccoon, he's, he's, he's an interesting guy. One of my favorite characters. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a rocket raccoon in the next life. I almost don't want to short side Zoe Saldana either. Just, just, just she's, she, in, yeah. she's inherently less interesting than the other. Rac- well, uh, I, mean, I will say that Zoe Saldana basically solidified herself as one of the sci-fi people to go to um, when it comes to in, badass warrior women. Yeah, and badass warrior women. I would agree with that too. But for the most part, Zoe Saldana, she's fantastic in this, and they had some really cool, uh, I guess string effects for her fighting action sequences because she does this dive kick when they're in the jail and i was like ah, that looks really cool like well done um but for the most part yeah she's really good in this as well like all the all the guardians are getting this this cast like, is ridiculous <laughs> like benicio del toro and glenn close and john z Riley show up in this movie like right. jaimon hansu <laughs> like there's all these people here. <laughs> yeah oh, for the most I, part it's really good i i like it and you mentioned glenn close like her hairstyle looks like cake frosting that's like been dolloped on top of her head i mean it's like there's so much bizarre loopiness in this film that just little throwaway details that kind of make this production just that much more enjoyable so i i, I appreciate it like all those little details anything else you want to say about guardians of the galaxy that's not just a fusive phrase <laughs> she just stop right now run out and go see it and then come back and finish this podcast obviously yeah because yeah, you'd have to listen to the games but i mean yeah you should just <laughs> yeah. run and go see it all right well with that in mind <laughs> let's uh let's go to our rating i guess when, when should people see this movie seems like a good place. yesterday <laughs> yeah yeah right you should have seen it four times by now christian Oh yeah, I mean, come on, already yeah. IMAX. Go see it IMAX. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It has this great. It it has a lot of shifting uh, aspect ratios in the IMAX. Oh yeah, it's question. How was the 3D? See. It's great. It's a. It's, really it's because the movie's so colorful. It really brings it out. I'm gonna probably watch it in 3D later today. Then it's a yeah, it's a it's a great movie to see in 3D, um, which is nice to say every now and then. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah let's. Uh, I guess let's move on then. Well, let's do our callback first, and I want to do our ranking. Thing. Call back, call back, call back. These are this is where we uh, discuss the movies that we thought of might be during or after the movie that we saw this week, which is of course Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Abe, any uh, callbacks? Yeah, Fifth Element, Frozen, Star Wars, uh, Space Dandy, uh, which is an anime. Also, Cowboy Bebop, uh, which this was a giant episode of, and Toy Story Three. Why Toy Story Three? The incinerator scene. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Mark. Yeah, I mean, the same ones that Abe mentioned, Star Wars and Fifth Element are obvious. Um, I also uh, I can't. I want to give credit to the critic, and I can't think of his name, but he mentioned um, Drax the Destroyer as kind of like Inigo Montoya from The uh. Princess, Princess Bride and his you know quest to avenge 
his parents' death, and I thought that was a particularly apt description. So that's that's not my callback. I got that from someone else. Um, sorry, it's a good I didn't one. give him credit, but it's a good one though. Uh, Christian? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep echoing all of the same things. Um, I think you can get some like weirder ones a little bit where it's a, you know a little vacation mm-hmm. where it's you know it's it's a road movie and it's this fun group of people that don't like each other slash need each other slash have to just get to Wally World kind of elements and then I think along comedic things that are this is also a great movie but Galaxy Quest. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just That's watched that the other one. day, actually, because I was thinking about Galaxy Quest after I saw this. It is fantastic. And then um, Serenity, yeah. or you know, the, the greater Firefly universe. But my oddball pick would be a vacation or, or that kind of comedy road movie, because it's, it's, this is a fun movie. Yeah, the only thing I can add is Return of the Jedi specifically, in terms of Star Wars, and then um, Space Jail. Sorry, Space <laughs> Lockout. Um, <laughs> Easily. We should re- we should send a petition to rename it to just Space Jail. Yeah, we should really just talk to <laughs> Post, Luke, talk yeah. to Luke about this. Um, yeah, that's our callbacks. Callback, callback, callback. I want to get to this now. I asked everyone if we could rank the ten Marvel movies, and I want to go over that list now since we have dun, dun, ten dun, Marvel dun, movies. Is that the theme for ranking that Marvel was, movies? The, yeah, <laughs> I mean that was like an eight bit theme for ranking the Marvel movies. So there, yeah, there have <laughs> okay. There have been there have been ten Marvel films. Yeah, let's go into it then. Uh, let's start with Christian. Christian, what are your? What are starting from ten, I guess. <sighs> well, so the bottom of I said yeah, but the bottom of the list is just mush. It uh, and it and it moves. It moves depending on when you ask me. But right now, number ten is Iron Man two. You can just go through the whole thing. Oh, you want me to go through? Okay, yeah, it take too long to go through all ten movies. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Thor two, Iron Man three. Those can be reordered in any way <laughs> like that that bottom if you fight me on that it can be reordered anyway after that it starts getting a more a, a little more secure it'd go captain america the first one. Oh man this is when it starts getting harder thor iron man cap two no avengers cap two guardians that's it right yeah yeah, and that suffers totally from recency. I get it. Like, the one I saw the most recent is number one, but I think that Guardians and Winter Soldier will remain my one, two. I think one, two, three is solid, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Guardians, Winter, Avengers. After that, it really gets into into playground. Um, it's a sandbox. Mark? Okay, so before I give my list, I just want to go on a little uh, rant. Every time a Marvel movie comes out, people say... Best Marvel movie ever. Every single time. And it's, it always gets annoying to me because it's like the boy who cried wolf. Like, every single one can't be the best one. Well, here, I'll, I'll give my there list. There could be one guy that just thinks, man, this was better than the last one. Right. Like, every so that single would, time. That, 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 would, that would make Iron Man a really bad movie then. I mean, like, or at least, like, significantly worse than everything else. Yeah. And I, you know, but anyway, okay. So from 10 to 1, and I say that, and then, of course, now listen to my list. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> But I just wanna I wanna express that I no, I, I, I get, understand I get I frustrated with people saying best Marvel movie ever and I'm just like oh brother okay you know they were saying that about uh, Avengers then they said it about Captain America and now they're saying it about this one okay. but they never but anyway. said it after Thor two no you're right they did not so that's a good point <laughs> no one ever said it after that okay so uh, ten the Incredible Hulk uh, nine is Thor the Dark World which was Thor two uh, eight Iron Man 
7, Iron Man 2, 6, Captain America, the first Avenger, which was the first one, 5, Iron Man 3, 4 is Thor, yes, I really like Thor, 3, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which was the most recent, The Avengers is number 2, and Guardians of the Galaxy, best Marvel movie ever. Ever? <laughs> or of the cinematic universe, I don't know. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Uh, mine doesn't really differ too much. Incredible Hulk number 10, and then you have uh, Iron Man 2 is number 9, and then uh, Iron Man 3, because I, I liked it, but the Shane Black stuff was I, Thor, Dark, or Thor Dark World, and then you move into Iron Man 1, and this is where it kind of gets weird, because you have a lot of good movies here. Uh, I do like Iron Man a lot, so that's the next one, and then Captain America, the first one, Captain America Winter Soldier, Thor, and then the Avengers. Well, you got Thor hot. Where's Guardians? Guardians is, like, above all this. So that's one, like, then? <laughs> so it's, that's, it's actually that'd be, zero. That'd be, the, that'd be the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. I mean, yeah, but I like Thor a lot because I remember when we, we first reviewed it, I was like, this is much better than I thought it was going to be. And also, I really dug all that Shakespearean stuff. Um, oh, I thought the, I was going to have to justify my Thor. I, I didn't think that people well, liked it that we're much. We're big Thor fans. Of, I mean, yeah. Thor, I think it's like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, people like Thor. I think if you get rid of Natalie Portman's dumb sidekick... That movie jumps. Oh. Everyone's down on Cat. Like I'm the only one that likes Cat Dennings in these Thor no, movies. No, I, I like Cat Dennings. Yeah, but it, the whole entire like father son aspect. I was like, this is coming out of left field, but I like it a lot. And Kenneth Branagh, good on you, because I was like, why would this guy direct a Thor movie? I mean, it's not, that's why it's not coming out of left field because he saw that's a key aspect of Thor, the Odin Loki Thor triangle. And it well, made me so sad. I think they just pitched him Hamlet, and he actually filmed Hamlet, and then they took it to CG and made it Thor without him knowing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like Thor immensely. Yeah, yeah, this one kind of shifts around for me too. But I'm at um, what am I thinking? Um, Incredible Hulk number ten, nine Thor: The Dark World, eight Iron Man two, seven Iron Man three, six Thor, five Iron Man. Four, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Three, Captain America, the First Avenger. Two, Avengers. One, I'm at Guardians of the Galaxy at this point. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm the only one that likes the First Avenger more than Winter Soldier, apparently, but that's it. We all I, put Guardians as top. We all, yeah. We're all so on, far, right? We're all on the Guardians train. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that almost all of us have several. I know there's been more of them than others, right? Three of the ten are Iron Man movies. But the franchise that launched this universe, basically, right, that said that this is a viable universe, mm-hmm. we all kind of think of as the bottom half. Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. It's, I would say that if I've maybe watched Iron Man 2 more than most of these just because it's on TV a lot. And it seems like such a – it's the most hangout-y of all these movies, I think, for some reason. Like Because it, it's just like – it's just people talking for the majority of the movie, which somehow intrigues me when it's on TV. It's like, yeah, all right, I'll just watch Sam Rockwell just improv stuff. Yeah, certainly lower in the tier. And we're all pretty down on Incredible Hulk. <laughs> we'll put that one pretty low. What I like about it is just I give it credit for, like, good on them. They tried. Yeah. I think the Hulk is such a wonderful ensemble character. And yeah. I might be making people mad that love, like, Planet Hulk continuity. or whatever, But, like, I've never been a big fan of standalone Hulk books or Hulk movies. And I, I think what they tried to do with the reboot or sequel or whatever it is of Hulk. Um, it was interesting. I think that it's so much better than um, Hulk, right? So the Ang Lee version. So is, that's is why it, I give it. Is it yes. that much better? Yes. <laughs> Hulk dad, Hulk dogs, 
Um, yes, go go rewatch Ang Lee's Hulk. It's awful. I, I just think there's there's more. In, I mean, there's a whole Hulk podcast conversation that we've kind of delved into. I think in, pre, in some of our commentaries, Abe, actually. But I think I think there's so much more interesting directorial work going on in Hulk than Incredible Hulk, which kind of puts it on the same level for me. Yeah, I, yeah but I agree that the, the dog stuff, and the father stuff, is like, oh my god, like let's let's move past this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well we've ranked all the Marvel movies. Now we got that out of the way. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's it's your game now, Avengers: Age of Ultron. <laughs> From what I, I, I already, heard, it might be I already, very good. I already called it on Twitter that that's going to be the best Marvel movie ever. <laughs> Mark Coben. I'm I'm already calling it. It's interesting that. You know, the way they've broken out these phases, that phase two ends about a year from now, you know, less than that. Yeah. Right. But it's May. Um, and phase three starts that same summer. That if, starts a year uh, from now. Yeah. Assuming Ant-Man holds its date. So we have a long time to go now before phase two ends. And then it's like, ha ha, now we're back in phase three. <laughs> phase one was long. So they really, really make it up that time. I guess that's what they're doing. Well, phase one wasn't phase one until the Avengers came out. Then they're like, "Oh crap, <laughs> let's call this something and release it as a box set." Yeah, we do. Yeah, we need a we need a title for our Blu-ray. <laughs> so let's get that going. Well, no, Christian. Of course, we have Agents of Shield this fall at ABC to tide you over, right? Because that's a great <laughs> show, right? It's just nothing but good. Uh, season one is a waste of time. It's horrible, and I won't be watching season two. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Agent Coulson. You're fired. Let's move on now. Let's get to our sponsor. Each week, we the podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. Podcast. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device of your choosing. For the listeners about now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download, a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And I have a book to recommend. It is called Marvel, The Untold Story. Woohoo! It's by Sean Howe. It's a good 17 hours of listening, if you have the time. Um, for the first time, Marvel Comics reveals the outsized personalities behind the scenes, including Martin Goodman, the self-made publisher who forayed into comics after a get-rich-quick tip in 1939, Stan Lee, the energetic editor who would shepherd the company through the thick and thin for decades, and Jack Kirby, the World War II veteran who created Captain America in 1940 and 20 years later developed the, with Lee the bulk of the company's marquee characters in a three-year frenzy of creativity that would be the grounds for the future legal battles and endless debates. You can get that book. You can hear all about Marvel The Untold Story. On audibletrial.com slash podcast, you can download that book for free or any book if you're choosing. Also, check out their service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of that, but you get to keep the book that you downloaded for free anyway. It's a great deal. It's a win. It's a good deal. So read <laughs> or listen. Audibletrial.com slash podcast. Let's move on from there. Let's get to our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is, of course, where we go over the various answers and oh, no. questions that we got. What? Oh, no. I just, no, I just realized that I answered a question that I didn't think I would even be on the podcast. And I'm, I, someone else is going to have to read it. because I, I didn't include it on here, actually. Oh, okay. I, I, was just, I was just kind of being silly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have our Facebook page where we, have, we ask out questions. And you guys provide answers for us. And you have the questions. We provide some answers for you. So there you go. Let's, uh, let's get into that, Abe. Yeah, so first question we asked is, The Avengers, Ocean's Eleven, Seven Samurai. What are your favorite movie teams? Eric writes, The TV show Mission Impossible Force, a la Mission Impossible. The crew, Impossible the crew, Mission Force. <laughs> Impossible Mission Force, my bad. The crew from Gone in 60 Seconds and Star Trek, because I'm a lifelong Trekkie. I'll speak up for Rodney Kramer, because he's never online, A-Team, and Top Gun. So thanks for shouting him out. He agreed I, I, later on. He, he, he logged on and said, yeah, good one. Yeah. <laughs> Mike writes, uh, Light, Ryuk, and Misa from Death Note. Uh, Justin writes, Peter Venkman, 
uh, Raymond Stant, and Egon Spangler, Winston Deadmore. The Ghostbusters. Yes. Dennis writes Avengers, and the gang from Sneakers. Philip writes the Hickory High baseball basketball team from Hoosiers, and the gang from the Sandlot, and Team Zazu, which Aaron dressed up as for Halloween. That's like, a that's a wonderful pick, Team Zazu. Yeah. Do you still have that uh, costume, by the way? I mean, costume, it's, it's a shirt. But yes, I have that shirt. <laughs> and, and red beanie. <laughs> yes, I have the red beanie. Tyler writes, I really like the chemistry uh, all the actors had on the A-Team remake. I uh, really upset there's never going to be a sequel. You guys have a favorite movie team? Yeah, the Mighty Ducks, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised no one said the Incredibles. Oh, great team. That's more of a family. That's a family. <laughs> still, they, they work together as a team. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frozone and Mr. Incredible are a pretty good team. Yeah. They're, they're all a team. <laughs> <laughs> they're all. It's too hard. They're, they're, I mean, Goonies, amazing. They're the best team ever. Oh, wait, never, never mind. The Rebel Alliance, best team ever. Loved them. Oh, wait. Marty and Doc, best team ever. Love, it's, <laughs> it's impossible. It's Pandora's box. Best team ever. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, anything? Or well, how uh, about this is an older one, but how about the team in The Great Escape? That was a good one. Was it? I mean, if they if they all made it, maybe it'd be a good one. <laughs> bunch of losers, if you ask me, Mark. <laughs> The No Magnificent okay. Seven, who also mostly died. <laughs> but... All right. Well, our next question is, most likely, most unlikely hero, as in uh, a talking raccoon or a man with scissors for hands. Uh, Amber writes, Neville Longbottom, great pick, and Shrek. Joe writes, Mike Wazowski. Mike writes, Merle, Merle Dixon. And Jason writes, Emmett from the Lego movie. Hmm, pretty good pick, too. I didn't, I didn't think about that one. And Dennis writes, Booger. From Revenge and of the Nerds, I guess. Revenge of the Nerds, yeah. Was he a hero? Maybe. I don't really remember those movies. How about the Brave Little Toaster? I guess. That's a bit unexpected, I uh, would yeah, say. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's I mean, the vacuum was clearly the hero of the movie. <laughs> the Nerds are more of a great team, really. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the, the Revenge of the Nerds? The nerds right answer, wrong question. They're good. Yeah, right. They're a good team. Like Booger's, like he's part of them, but I mean, there's a lot of people involved in making their fraternity work out for the better. Overcome those deltas. Anthony Edwards was doing a lot, so he, I Yeah, he really had his... <laughs> he's really dipping his hands in a lot of paints in that one, so... I think I mix metaphors, but I like it, anyway. Um, favorite adventure-slash-action movie set in space? Uh, Eric has Red Planet, hands down, which I love, because I like Red Planet quite a bit, but I like that that's the choice he made. Uh, so- solid science, aside from the obvious flaw, and uh, Lost in Space, because it's fun. Uh, Jason has Star Wars and Star Trek are always the go-to space action movies. Sometimes you got to stop and compare it to other space action films b- to it because they're the Citizen Kane of space action films. I don't know about Star Trek, all of those movies. <laughs> That's just me. Um, Flash Gordon because it will always have a place in my heart. Uh, Joe has Black Hole. Shailen has Gravity was excellent, especially in the theater. Mike has Star Wars, of course. Nippon Mua has Event Horizon and the Alien movies. Wait, are those two horror thrillers? Yeah, they're set in space. Not really action adventure. I think I see his point. Uh, Justin has my favorite side from the obvious Star Wars and Empire, all Star Trek, space balls, but I loved Galaxy Quest. Just watched it the other day with my three-year-old, and it's so funny. Woo. Now we'll move into some questions that you guys asked us. The Voice, Jim Dietz, asks us, The box office has been record-breaking for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy so far. Will it have staying power to break $500 million? That's a fun question. Um, I doubt it uh, worldwide. Um, I'd say it could come close. Uh, I I will uh, I will I will just be on the other side and say yes it will okay. five hundred <laughs> five hundred million and one dollar 
That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that's that's a lot of money. That'll be tough. That'll be tough for uh. The Dave Bautista fans will you know just watch. The it Dave like Bautista fans times. are really gonna flock to it. You they know? are. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you got you got me there, Abe. <laughs> yeah. I was zinging. Well, yeah. Let me let's see here. Thor: The Dark World makes 644 worldwide. So I guess if that can happen, I could give it to Guardians as well. Yeah. Glenn Close has a pretty rabid fan base. I think they're going to come out. And yeah, just... yeah. She really, um, <laughs> she's she's a real attraction. Sometimes fatally, well, someone say. She so. kind of she was kind of rocking the same pale exterior that Jodie Foster was doing in Elysium. So I kind of I think they were from the same planet, except with less ridiculous accent. And she was a little nicer too. Yeah, she cared about the 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 well being of her citizens and others. Right, that helps. But uh, they did get the dick message. <laughs> There's so many great quotes. In this movie. Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dick so It'll be interesting to see like which are the quotes that like I will hope live that's on. on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this is John C. Riley's base. You got my dick message. <laughs> um, April asked, "Who was the weak link in Guardians for you?" For me, it was Zoe. Um, From that team. Uh, she just says in Guardians, so we can answer it either way, I guess. I was expecting more from Benicio as the collector. He just kind of came in for, like, a scene. Yeah, I was actually kind of expecting more from him, too. Or, I was, yeah, I, I'd say him or uh, uh, the sister of Gamora. <laughs> you know Nebula. What, you Nebula. know what? Um, Benicio Del Toro as a collector, you know who he reminded me a little bit of? Just now, I just thought of this. But uh, Mugachi. Oh, Mugachi. Oh, yeah, Mugachi. 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 From Mugachi. Uh, Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. It's a good one. You have a weak link, Christian? No, it's so good, you guys. It's so good. <laughs> it's it really good. It's so good. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, you could dive into any of these characters and you say you want to see more of them, but I think that's a problem of it being good. This is true. I, I'm going to take up for Zoe Saldana in one aspect. They do make her kind of the love interest of Star-Lord, and it's believable. I mean, she's a green alien. You would kind of think, oh, those people wouldn't, but there's sort of, like, there is chemistry there. So I think she, I, I, I wouldn't say she's the weak link. I think she certainly holds her own. I think it's, the char- the other characters around her, the Guardians specifically, are so larger than life as it is. Right. It's hard for her to be like, well, I'm also interesting, because I'm, you know, but she's because she's more or less the straight person and well, I mean Drax is the ultimate straight person, I guess, in this whole thing. But <laughs> but Zoe's so the most, I guess, grounded of these characters given the personalities at, at on display. And so I, I, it's hard for her to stand out compared like in another movie, if this character existed, she'd probably be a standout character. But between like a talking raccoon, a tree, Drax, and Chris Pratt doing his his shtick, it's like it's hard for her to be like, Yeah, I'm also amazing in the same way. Certainly a good fighter. Can't take that away from her. Fantastic, yeah. Mortal Kombat, she'd, she'd be killing them all. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. James asks us, do you think DC has a property that can compete in this comedy-adventure ensemble niche that Marvel may have just opened up? Yeah, Teen Titans. I guess The Flash would be capable of it. Christian, what do you think? Does DC have, like, a kind of a, a, light, a more light-hearted version of property that they can use? I don't have faith in DC being able to make a competent property uh, film anymore. Um, I think Teen Titans is a good answer. Their lighter cinematic universe is, you know, they can go there with any of the characters. I think Flash and Superman and Green Arrow could all make really fun, light characters, but they're cho- choosing not to take their TV and, and film universe in that direction. I mean, Oliver Quinn is a jokester in many versions of the comic book, and pairing him with Flash and something could be super fun. 
Uh, I, d- I don't think it'll happen though. But I, I, you know, I think any of their characters could be. Um, even even Batman could go back to it. I mean, Aaron, you, I know you went to the '66 panel at Comic Con, and you know, Batman has been a lot of fun before. Um, so whether or not they want to, ooh, Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle could be really Blue Beetle? fun. There you go. <laughs> but I don't think they will, unfortunately. <laughs> so you're saying Arrow's not a jokester, and the and the CW show? Unless you're joking about how awesome his eyebrows look. No, he's not. A <laughs> oh man, no. Another thing I can't look forward to now when I finally watch Arrow. No jokes. Is it all? Is it Oliver Quill in the in the Arrow, or is it another? Arrow? You don't watch Arrow? Not yet. I told you no. <laughs> I thought you rectified that. Watch Arrow. We'll talk. But you later. told you told me that like the day before. <laughs> like I told you about this uh, once, and like yeah, watch it tomorrow night when it's you, you yeah. Get all caught up on it. I haven't. Exactly. No, I haven't done it yet. No, I gotta watch the D two. The Mighty Ducks are back. <laughs> that's my that's my play. I watch D two. Yes. Then I'll get on Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd see. I'd say Flash would be the closest, maybe. Is 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 Aquaman a fun guy? Is he is he cool to hang around? No, Aquaman's no. always a jerk. He's a... <laughs> no, it's a bummer. Because I thought all... he'd be nicer. Aquaman is all wet. <laughs> but, which know, always which always ruins humor. Most people. My response to this question is yes, there is a property if they can just get together the right script. I mean, you'd be saying that about Guardians of the Galaxy, like oh how could this ever compete and here we are they've they've put together a script and a production that that you know does justice to the story so i think you can make anything into anything i mean uh spider-man which should be a slam dunk that's a property that everyone loves and enjoys personally i think they botched the last one and i think as far as i'm considered considered i have no desire to even see any more of these spider-man films like i'm done with them so and and that's a character that I actually like. So I think yes, there's there's definitely properties if they can just get together the right script and the right creative minds to you know give it life. I don't I don't even think that Disney needs Star Wars anymore. I mean here they've just created a a really imaginative property just out of thin air and you know so you can do it. So the next question, this one's from Scott. Is there such a thing as an instant classic? Which I thought was an interesting question. Yes. <laughs> according, to ES- according to ESPN, it's every football game they show. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch ESPN Classic a lot. There are some games I just played like last week. But yeah, I, I do think so. I mean, like Lego Movie, right? It's like, yeah, pretty good. Like, I would watch this again repeatedly. Or if you go for more art house films, I'm pretty sure that there are instant classic art house films as well. Like the Joaquin Phoenix one, Her. Like this is a really good movie. I mean, this is a really good movie, or is an instant classic? I think that's a that's a high distinction to make. Like, mm. yeah, like Mark, have you ever sat down and like watched a movie and like, man, this is this is everything. This is gonna be a thing. I mean, I don't know. Isn't like a classic almost by definition would be something that stood the test of time. So I mean, if you if you're just defining that way, then it it can't be. But as far as good movies, sure. I guess it just depends on how you define instant classic. But that's the thing. That's what, yeah. Classic has its own definition, but the modifier "instant" implies that right. it's the thing that you think will become that other thing. I would say. I mean, I would say yes, just because I feel I felt that way about the Dark Knight. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I I had no qualms at all about the Dark Knight when I watched it. And I still don't. <laughs> the, the the tens of times I've watched it later, the, I mean, I just it, it's a movie that I, I I give a perfect description to, which I don't apply to many movies. Even movies, I, even movies I like more than The Dark Knight, but um, it's. I remember Aaron when we saw uh, 
Casablanca and singing in the rain at those press screenings before they came out, and you and I looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> instant class. I always yeah. knew you guys were time travelers. Well, what was great is that we kind of winked and gave each other finger guns, which is the, like I think the, the key indicator. <laughs> that was a, it was an instant classic right there. And we were one of the few critics that went to the press screening of It's a Wonderful Life and thought that it would really have legs. A lot of people panned that when it came out, but you and I were like, you know what? This is gonna do pretty well on Christmases. I mean, and, yeah, uh, I, I think you and me are just average guys. I think we 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 appreciate you know pretty decent movies like The Godfather and The oh, Wizard yeah. of Oz. I think I think those are pretty good movies. But sometimes you just have to look at each other and think, man, we saw something special here tonight. And you know it's what? Be I have to eat crow, you know, and put my foot in my mouth. I'll admit it when I'm wrong. I appreciate you saying that. I also thought Wizard of Oz was going to be an instant classic, but I remember I left that and I thought. Nope, it's not going to do it. And man, history has proven me wrong. Um, <laughs> Christian, I can't believe you should have gone with your gut or no, not gone with your gut. I should have listened to Aaron. He I, he said it had all the elements of being an instant classic. But to me, I just remember the Cowardly Lion's character wasn't really developed that strongly. I didn't know what his motivations were other than that you know, he lacked courage. And I thought the ensemble could have been better acted. And I really thought the songs were unjustified. But you know what? I, I'm wrong and I'll admit it. And yeah, here I am toe-tapping to this day some of those songs <laughs> from Wizard of Oz. You know, as much as I love The Wizard of Oz, I actually genuinely do, and I I mean, I give it like a perfect score, but I genuinely do feel like The Cowardly Lion is the weak link in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I know, I do. I, I, know, I, I feel, agree with you, actually. You know what he is? He is Curly from The Three Stooges, and every time I watch that, I just like, this is so, like, it actually grates on me, although I, I love the movie, but I actually do find that character, like, a little bit grating. As my original review from 1936 stated, or whenever that movie I'll came I'm going to put that in the show notes. <laughs> Not bad. 30, uh, we're we're going to Photoshop the like Rotten Tomatoes review of Christian Spicer from 1939. Be like, <laughs> I walked out. You <laughs> know what's kind of interesting is every once in a while, you, when you go back in time and you look at uh, reviews of movies that really did like genuinely get pans, and then over time, the movie has become a classic. An example of that is The Shining. That movie... Yeah was panned when it came out. I mean, I'm Razzie sure there nominated. were people... What's that? Razzie, Razzie nominations. Exactly. Yeah. It has Razzie nominations, and, and it, it, I, I think it was, a, it was a decent hit, but it wasn't, it wasn't the classic that people... I mean, people put that in top 10 horror films. Nobody was putting that in the top 10 horror films back in, uh, was it 1980 or whatever, when that came out. Um, so it, that time has definitely been very kind to that film. Scarface yeah, is point. very similar too, actually. Scarface didn't get a huge um, right, right. reception at the time. I think it was so violent. I think people were a little bit like it was hard for people to sort of process it. And and over time, I think people, yeah, have grown to really yeah. embrace that film. That's we see good... that in um, Life Itself, actually. Siskel gave thumbs down to Scarface while Ebert loved it. And they have a huge argument about that movie. And uh, Pan's Labyrinth got a big uh, pan. <laughs> That's... <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> no, that was good. I like that. <laughs> you feel like the picture of the box art. It's just like it's just it's just the fawn holding a giant frying pan. <laughs> no, in my head I was like, didn't people like that movie? And then, and then no, they they, they put that that was panned in the title. It was panned so bad. <laughs> Well, and and Peter Pan, that was also. <laughs> oh my God. Let's move on. I think that's the, that's the signifier that this is the end. Got no feedback. <laughs> feedback, feedback, feedback. What's uh, what time is it, Dave? Oh, Aaron, I think that it's time for uh, some games. Ooga Chaka. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, that is of course the improvised theme for games, which means it is time for games. And yeah. I have a game this week. It is called Guard This. Uh-oh. Basically, I have a quote from a, from many movies, all dealing with stars of Guardians of the Galaxy. These quotes are not from Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm just going, I'm going to read the quotes and you have to guess the movie. If none of you can guess the movie from the quote, I will name the actor this movie's response, the, the actor the quote corresponds to. Gotcha. Makes sense? Yeah, we got a buzz in, yeah? Got a buzz in. Say your name first to buzz in and then say the answer if you think you know it. Okay. So technically you get two tries, I guess, but only after, only if you all fail to getting this <laughs> in the first time. <laughs> Second chance round. Got it. So here we go. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. I've only ever played catcher. Abe. Uh, Chris Pratt in Moneyball. That is correct. The next one. Here we go. You are like baby, making noise, don't know what to do. Mm. You are like a baby, making noise, don't know what to do. Mark, uh, Vin Diesel and that the pacifier? No, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to see what movie you're going I totally with. I forgot that was a movie. I couldn't think. I wanted to say Kindergarten Cop, and I was like, I know that's wrong, so what is it called? Oh, I'll man, say. a Vin Diesel Kindergarten Cop remake? That sounds so I good. Mean, you were like a baby, listening? making noise, don't know what to do. Uh, pass. I'm going to identify the actor now. Zoe Saldana. Avatar. Avatar is the uh. correct answer. Christian, please remember to buzz in before you answer. <laughs> nope. He Thanks. mentally buzzed in. All right. Well, look at it this way, boys. We might all fit into one ship now. Well, look at it this way, boys. Oh, hey, all... Vin Diesel. Um, pitch black? You're very close, but you're wrong. Christian. Yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel, Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick. Part two, more Riddicku. It is Riddick, <laughs> but it is Dave Bautista. Ah. So, does Mark get that point? <laughs> no, I get that point. <laughs> the house always wins. Yep. So, here's the next one. These, this is a number. I just had too many lines to choose from for this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a number of lines here. This was always the plan. Running ain't freedom. You are a long way from home. This is Brazil. Uh, hey, Vin Diesel, Fast and Furious Six. Wrong. Fast Five. Mark gets the answer. But Damn Mark, it! Woo-hoo! You gotta remember. We, I just <laughs> And it's not called Fast and Furious 6, Abe. It's, I mean, I was marking you down right there. Fast 5. And Furious 6. <laughs> Furious. Here's the next one. Would you please put some pants on? I feel weird having to ask you twice. Um, Would you please put some pants on? I feel weird having to ask you twice. A, Bradley Cooper in American Hustle? Incorrect. Mm. Christian. Yes. Bradley Cooper in my bedroom last night. <laughs> You're both on the right track. Mark. <laughs> yep. Mark. Bradley Cooper, The Hangover. Thank you. Mark got the right one. <laughs> yes. Why did he say that in American Hustle? Uh, I don't know. He's probably talking to Christian Bale or something like that. Clearly he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's, apparently he was talking to Christian. Mm-hmm. This is a long one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a long one. This is a long one. All right. Esteemable colleagues, two bloody years ago this month, His Highness King Abraham the I, our great usurping Caesar, violator of habeas corpus and freedom of the press, abuser of streets' rights. State Abe. Right. Yeah. Lee Pace in Lincoln. You got it, Abe. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what? Habeas corpus? You got the Lee Pace bowl, too. Like, that was, that's good. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. And now we are free. I will see you again, but not yet. Not yet. Abe. Yeah. Diamond Hansu, Gladiator. 
Abe's nailing these guys. Boom. Abe came to play today, apparently. Apparently, yeah. I mean, this is like the first game I've won in like six months. He used to win games. I haven't won yet. He used to win. Remember when we started this podcast? He used to win games. That's probably because it was just you and I. <laughs> well, no, you won games. and I mean, you were terrible at box office. Like, that never changed. But, um, <laughs> okay, here's the next one. You know, people tell me I look kind of like Han Solo. People tell me I kind of look like Han Solo. There's one guy at home screaming the answer to this question. Yeah, seriously. He's just, like screaming into his, his computer. Try saying more voice. Yeah, people kind of tell me I look like Han Solo. That didn't help at all. Uh, yeah. Christian. Yeah. John C. Riley in some movie that he was in, maybe Brothers, Step Brothers. Oh, you're so close. John C. Riley in some other movie he was in. <laughs> it, it is, is, is John C. Riley? Yes. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is the correct answer. Oh. Here's the next one. If we're not going to act, we have... No, sorry. Yeah, let me say, back up. <laughs> Hold on. That was not right. Holding. Give me two seconds here. If we're going to act, we have to act now. The president is up there with a gun to his head. Uh, president up there. If we're gun going to act, we have to act now. The president is up there with a gun to his head. Abe, Vin Diesel, Triple X? Wouldn't be Vin Diesel again. <laughs> okay. The president is up there with a gun to his head. Those are those are key words right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just like, duh. Oh, uh, I think I know the movie. But I'm you have nothing to, to lose it. by answering. <laughs> well, I, I think I know the movie, but I don't... I, um, oh, God. You, you tell me the movie, I'll tell you the actor. We'll split the points. If I tell you the actor, I think you'll get the movie immediately. Oh, second to, second to Mark. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Is the actor Glenn Close? Yes. Air Force One. Correct. When I got that. <laughs> Here we go, last one. This one's tricky, too. We'll see. I have stones to sell, fat to chew, and many different men to see about many different dogs. So if I'm not rushing you, I have another quote, too. That's less... Well, less. Christian, Michael Rooker, and something. No. Ah, I forgot Michael Rooker. I, I meant to add Michael Rooker. I forgot to add him in his... And he has good quotes, too, in his movie. Here's the other quote, too, from the same person. Different movie. Flip you. Flip you for real. Hmm. Ryan Gosling, Gangster Squad. No. Yeah, that movie was on the other day at HBO, Abe. <laughs> on <laughs> HBO? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why would it not be on HBO? It's a Warner Brothers movie. It's on HBO. Christian. It's, um... Oh, gosh. Yeah. What's the movie? It's Del... Um... Yeah. Uh, it's... What's his name? It's the collector in that one movie he's in. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Come yeah, on. For real. Usual suspects. There you go. You ah. got it. Benicio del Toro as Fenster and Usual Suspects. Good job. I, I think that Christian might have won this one. You we'll see it now. Out. It might have just pulled. Let me see. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually kind of concerned. Mm-mm. Ooh, this is a close one. Hold on. Okay. A, B, O, 4. Okay. I'm waiting on pins and needles. It's down between you and Mark, actually. Let's see. Mark and I. Mm-hmm. It's a tie. It's a tie, guys. Uh-oh. It's a tie. Hold on. I mean, I got a tiebreaker, or are we just going to show the price? Oh, I need a tiebreaker. The okay. pressure! Here it comes. Okay. <clears throat> I gotta, I mean, I'm about to find a quote here. We do a humdinger? What's a humdinger? That's from, uh, it's from Cranium. From Cranium? <laughs> a humdinger? <laughs> or we got to hum something. <laughs> humdinger. Okay, here's a quote. Okay. I am Superman. Abe, Vin Diesel, the Iron Giant. Abe, you're a winner. <laughs> Insert explosion. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. Good I mean, job. It was, it was well thought out. Let's move on. Let's get out now. Presents what's out now. These are new movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. Beyond just D2, The Mighty Ducks. We have Divergent. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's kind of long, but you know, you might enjoy it. Did you see Divergent, Mark? No, I never did. Yeah, that's, that's a movie. It's a um, movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Need for Speed, I think that's one of Abe's favorite movies no, don't, ever. No, don't even go watch this movie. Oh, so now we're, now we're on board with the don't watch this movie ever. <laughs> you know, I, I, said, I really, en- yeah. I really enjoyed your podcast where you named your like bottom three. Your, I, yeah, um, that was really good. Well, the whole podcast, but the, it was, I, it was a three episode. Like, you guys see so many seven. movies that when you pick your bottom, often your worst movies don't figure onto mine because there were things I just didn't even bother to see. And so I, I'm never going to see any of those movies you mentioned. That said, I believe, I believe Christian, yeah, I think you were you were a fan of Need for Speed, or at least found it more entertaining than we did. Yeah, I mean, I think it's enjoyable. I like that it was, you know, practical effects, and they were smashing real cars, and the, they had real professional drivers out there actually doing those maneuvers. I think the driving scenes hold up. Is the movie an instant classic? Of course it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's a fun, dumb watch, and I think if you're a fan of driving, it's cool. And most of the cars that wreck, obviously, are recreations, but it's a, a, uh, a house here in the greater L.A. area that does a really great job where if you're just watching, you won't notice, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. I, I agree with you on the car. I, I didn't I didn't hate it as much as Abe did. I certainly agree with you on the car stuff enough to not make it like a total loss. Yeah, I just wasn't big on the movie overall. Moving on, uh, Oculus comes out this week, which I really like. I, Mark, I believe we both liked this movie actually a lot. I did. Yeah. I thought that was really good. It didn't really make much of a of an impression, Slash, yeah. but yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been a great like mainstream year for horror at the box office. Last year, I thought was actually a really good year for horror at the in terms of kind of mainstream movies, but this year has been a little lackluster. So I'd probably by default say Octopus is maybe my favorite of the kind of mainstream horror movies that came out, aside from like VOD stuff that I've seen that's really good. But uh, until VHS three comes out, of course, obviously VHS viral, sorry, gotcha. um, which I can't wait for because oh my god, VHS two was so good. Um, and lastly, uh, God's Not Dead comes out this week. Didn't we, see it. We just had Kevin Heaven Sorbo's is for, in it. Just had Heaven is for Real, so now we have God's Not Dead. And, uh, so yeah, go, go crazy or something for that one. <laughs> All right, so that's that. Next week, what's going on next week's show? We are going to be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yay. T-U-R-T-L-E power, as some would say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've heard, you know, some interesting things about it, so... I haven't heard anything, because there's been no reviews <laughs> since it's still in market, but okay. Uh, it's... I'm from the future. Yeah, okay. It, uh... It'll be something... We'll see. We'll see how it is, and if we all play our cards right, next week should be a very special episode where we talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Among other things, like, you know, some extra episodes. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, well, that's it. Last thing before we wrap up, what should people go and see in theaters now? Curtains of the Galaxy. Go see it. <laughs> Or Boyhood, one of those two. Mark? Uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, it, you've had me on recently a few times, and everything that I've discussed, I've completely loved. I sound like I love everything. Yeah, I try. I'm, it, it's hard. It's hard. You should have. You should have had me on your Transformers podcast because there's a movie I would have really, you know, uh, given a review. Uh. <laughs> yeah, loved even more. Yeah. <laughs> Instant classic, I believe. Yeah, right. Christian, Guardians of the Galaxy. If you want counter-programming, either um, Boyhood, or I think it's still out around, um, I think we were talking about a little bit, um, Chef. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd say uh, Get On Up. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, right. Awesome. Tons yeah, of fun. Get, on, get on, on Up. Just because it's a smaller movie, and uh, I think it deserves some love. Cool. And uh, yeah, uh, that's going to do it this week for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my personal work at my blog, thecodezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews there, along with essays and whatever. And as well as ysablu.com for playing Blu-ray reviews. And you can follow me at Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag G-O-T-G. Mark Hoban. 
You can find more of my work on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Christian Spicer. I do a video game podcast Mondays. Uh, it's live at 11 a.m. over on 5 by 5 It's called DLC. It's Jeff Kanata and I. Um, and also then goes up on RSS and iTunes, so you can find it there. Uh, last week our guest was Veronica Belmont. Uh, this week we have um, one of the devs of... Um, Counter Spy, the new PS4, PS3, PS Vita game is going to guest on the show. And if you want to hear more comedy stuff from me, I do a podcast on the Nerdist Network. It's a stand-up comedy podcast and live show called What's New with Christian Spicer, and you can find it on iTunes. Awesome. You can follow us, of course, find all the other episodes about now there in a name on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwlod.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our site, along with many other shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, the Ichapod Cranecast, which I also co-host, and other fun shows about comics, TV, games, and stuff like that. Our podcast is over at outnow.podomatic.com as well, and also soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy, your rankings of Marvel films, or whatever else is on your mind at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Answer our questions or ask us questions at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, and tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com, you can follow us there, and of course... Finally, the voicemail line, 972-798-3830. Feel free to leave us a voicemail. We'll be happy to play it on the show and respond to whatever question or concern you might have. Yeah. Christian and Mark, thank you both for coming thank on you. today. Thank you for yeah, having me. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I never hope to like talk about a bad movie soon, but I mean, it's hard to like we keep praising things because a lot of good <laughs> stuff keeps coming out. But, um, with all that in mind, we do have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out next week, so we'll see how that goes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I guess that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Until next week when we find out how much bunga there is in those cowas, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you. So, so long. And radical. Bye. I'll tell you though, um, ABC and I want you back. I mean, it, they're both like start that's like. Are, are, but, 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 don't they? Uh, don't they? Like, doesn't it start off with ABC and then it just blends into "I Want You Back"? No, they're two different songs. Are they? Because, yeah. like on mixes and stuff, it's always like. I want you back. And so they I have, don't know. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, they're very similar. But I mean, come here, here's it. ABC is like this. And then, like, I want you back. It's just. Like, it's the same. It's the same. You well, can, like, you can sing I'm them together. This, like, right now. It's like, it's like A, B, C. And then, like. Yeah. That's I Want You Back. Yes. 
Now okay. go to ABC. Well, I guess they are very different. They're not very different. They're different songs. You could put they're interchangeable. <laughs> you can I mean, really... to be to be fair, the Jackson Five were like twelve when they when they were playing this, so they can't be too complicated, right? Yeah, they can. Joe Jackson. <laughs> he would beat it into them. <laughs> yeah, boss, do it again. <laughs>